You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me, your host for the evening, Matthew Bruning, at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are proud to be a part of this great network. Some of the other podcasts included are Jim Day of FF Champs, Bob Lung of The Consistency Show, The Consistency Guide, and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo, we also have Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio. You can check all of us out on FullTimeFantasy.com. As always, we are about to go live here. I've got Dennis sitting by here on StreamYard. We're going to go live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter to give you guys our final rookie rankings. <laughs> All right, there we go. We are up and rolling. So as I just mentioned there in the intro for the podcast, Dennis is here with me. If you guys are watching live anywhere, you can see him. Dennis, how are we doing today? Dennis is doing fantastic. One more day till the draft. Man, got my little contest going. People are putting in the winner take all first round draft. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully I get to keep my money. Yeah, that's that's the worst part about it, right? I know we were. I think you were on here. We were talking about it the other day. The uh, the draft where 
the Bears traded it for Mitchell Trubisky. Mahomes went way, way later. I did a, I did one of those then, and I got lucky. I won, and it was only with like getting six picks right because that draft just kind of went so crazy. And we were we all put in like fifty bucks each, so it was it was really cool to kind of uh, do something like that. We will obviously be doing it live here, as we've talked about. So we're excited about that. Uh, especially, we'll definitely for sure be here live all day Thursday. We'll see what happens on Friday. I know I'll do at least a little bit live by myself. I know Matt said he's going to hop on. Maybe not do the entire well, because I think they do second, third, and fourth round on Friday. Uh, so we won't do I the think whole. Thing. Maybe just second and third. Second, no, and third. second, third, and fourth. Two, yeah. three, four. I don't know if we'll do the whole thing, but we'll definitely try and do some of it because that's I think, in my opinion, most of where the fantasy players are going to go for us. The guys that we want to talk about, right. and a lot of those guys are going to go on Friday compared to to Monday or Monday Thursday. All right, so we are jumping on here to give you guys our finalized rookie rank rookie ranks. We did a episode obviously a while back uh, that kind of previewed two of them, split it up. We did quarterbacks. Uh, wide receiver, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers uh, over two episodes. Today, we're going to give you just our guys. We're not really going to break the guys down. If you guys want to listen to that, you can go back to the other episodes. We're just going to give you guys our finalized rankings uh, for all of our players so you guys know how to, who we like and, and who we're hoping uh, to get, I guess, not necessarily drafted in order because some guys will go out of order, but just our final ranks uh, going into the NFL draft process, how much the draft may change ranks for us. So, Dennis, I'll let you kick it off. We're going to start with the quarterbacks. You can go ahead and hit us who you've got. Uh, just do – you want to switch off 1-1? One, one, you want to go top five, then bottom five? How do you want to do it? Uh, let's let's go let, let's go one and one, one to one. That way, that way we can note the changes. I don't know if you've had a bunch of changes. I've had a few changes. Mostly tight end, a couple at yeah. wide receiver, but most of my guys have stayed the same. But go ahead, all right, go ahead, go. Who do you so got? I I, I, I still have two at number one. Uh, I feel like he's going to be the best quarterback in this class, uh, and the best quarterback is going to provide the most fantasy points, uh, and that's. So I, I'm going to stick with him. He's my guy. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, I don't know what kind of games the Dolphins are playing, but <laughs> I, I almost feel like that there's enough stuff going on that teams, they may be able to actually trade back from five and still get him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm excited for, man. Tomorrow, that, that's where it's going to be all the fun, all the talk about Herbert and who takes Herbert. Does Tua fall? Does Jordan Love end up jumping up into the top 10? It's it's going to be fun to see how all those guys go. Uh, for me, it's still Burrow. Uh, I haven't really changed off mine. I still think he's going to be a really good quarterback at the NFL level. I, I do think that his ceiling is not quite as high as my next two guys, but I think he's going to give you that consistent floor regardless. I think even going to a team like Cincinnati – he showed last year how smart he is uh, IQ-wise, football-wise throughout the LSU season. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback, so he's still my number one. Uh, and we were we talked about doing a, a Dynasty Nerds has their consensus rankings. Joe Burrow is their number one as well. So they are aligned with me, but their number two was your number one, which is Tua. So who do you have at two? Uh, I have Burrow at two. Okay. You know, I feel like he's he's going to get a shot to, to be the guy. You know, I have concerns. He's an older quarterback. You know, one season of high-level production, uh, the difference in his performance in 2018 versus 2019 uh, was so drastic. Is it the system? Was it the coach? You know, how much of it is actually Burrow? And that so that concerns me a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think Burrow has a chance to be a good quarterback. 
but he's my two. Uh, so my two is still Justin Herbert. I'm never going to to bail off my guy. I only have him uh, slightly ahead of two. The medicals do worry me a little bit about two. And I know a lot of people are saying that's stupid for Miami to be worried about that. That's kind of what we hear is the issue with them. And, and two is they're worried about the medicals and, and how that may turn out for him. I'm still uh, – I, I like Herbert. I think he's got a really high ceiling. I don't think the college game helped him out at all, and the offense he ran at, at Oregon did not help him out at all either. So I, I still have Herbert at two. Uh, and as I mentioned, Dynasty Nerds is uh, Tua. So who do you have at three? Uh, I have Justin Herbert at three. You know, He's a big-arm guy, st- strong arm, can make all the throws. He's he's mobile. Uh, I just don't, you know, I don't think he's as good as Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh man, that's that, that that's rough, man. Not even as good as Daniel Jones. I think he's better than Daniel Jones, but I have been high on that guy for a long time. Dynasty nerds is Justin Herbert, which it does seem like those are the top three. I don't ever see anybody really ranking Love or From or Hurts up there. It really seems to be those are the consensus top three in this class. Uh, and then for me, it's Tua. And and like I said, it's not have anything to do with a question of his ability. He clearly is going to be, or at least we assume, going to be a very good quarterback at the NFL level. He showed in college that he's a very good quarterback. I just worry about the injuries. He's, he's suffered a lot of injuries to the ankles. That hip is a serious one. Uh, you know, Maybe if you tell me you could get eight solid years out of him as a or ten solid years out of him as a starter, then great, I'll take it. But I just don't think you can say that like you can with the other guys. So so I'm taking a little bit of health and availability uh, above them. Four is where it starts to get interesting. I believe we both have the same four. Maybe I don't remember what your ranks were. Uh, I know I have the same four as Dynasty Nerd. So who do you have sitting at four for you? I, I have I have Jordan Love. Actually, I, I've had a couple guys move up in my rankings. And interestingly, I just looked over at the consensus rankings, and I actually match the consensus rankings now. Okay, which yeah. is crazy. I didn't realize that. Uh, but I, I have Love at four and Fromm at five. All right. So then for me, I have Love at four as well. And he's going to be the interesting one, right? Like everybody keeps talking about where he might go into the first round. Uh, do you think that he jumps up in those top 10 or do you think he goes later than 10? Uh, or he'll, I think he'll go later than 10. I think I think he'll go in the first round. I think somebody's going to give him a shot. Uh, they, they, want, they, they want him to be... I think something that he's not, he he's lacks consistency. He, yeah. he, you know, he can make a great throw and then he makes just some terrible throws. And so he's, he's going to have to overcome some of that, uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky looking play that he puts out there. Yeah. I really think that he's going to be a lot better than people are giving him credit for. But I think his biggest thing is going to be what system he lands in and does the coach that he gets build the team around him. I feel like Mitchell Trubisky that first year, two years ago with uh, Matt Nagy, we saw a side of Mitchell Trubisky that not a lot of people expected because they built that offense around him. They seem to take a weird step back last year, last year and do all kinds of weird stuff. I think that's where Jordan Love can be. We saw two years ago the kid was an absolute stud at Utah State. A lot of people had him very high. They thought he was going to be a, a really good NFL quarterback. Kind of fell off a little bit. But again, they lost, I believe it was 20 starters, 19 starters on that offense. That, that's a big deal. It's not something easy you can overcome. 
especially at a program like Utah State where you're really not bringing in even those top like three ranked players, three star ranked players. So you're bringing in lower end college players. I do think it's a little bit harder to bounce back from that. I'm excited to see where he goes. He's going to be the one I think we spend most of our time talking about uh, if he goes, which I assume he will in the first round tomorrow. Uh, and at five for me, I, I have Jacob Eason. I'm still high on Eason. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Uh, I'm interested to see if he jumps up into the first round as well. Go ahead and give us your, I know you gave us your five, your six and seven, and I will be right back. Okay. So I, I like from, from the standpoint of consistency at number five, I think he, he definitely lacks the ceiling of the other guys, but I also think that he's go, going to get an opportunity because he provides a pretty safe floor. Uh, at number six, I actually have Jalen Hurts. He's moved up for me. Uh, he was at eight. And part of it, so here, here's what I'm, here's sort of the change that led to some of the movement in my rankings. I had to start to separate guys that I like and guys that are going to get chances that I don't necessarily believe are going to, that they deserve the chance. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to get more chances than I think uh, he probably deserves. So I, I feel like Hertz could possibly be the fifth quarterback in the first round. Okay. I could see somebody going up and saying, well, let's go get him. Let's move up into the first and get him to get that extra year. Because if he does pan out, then we've got an extra year. And if he doesn't, he's on a rookie contract. Uh, I don't think I, – I, I don't like him enough to put him over from because I feel like from – could have, you know, uh, Alex Smith, Andy Dalton type of career. Good, may not, he's not going to be a guy that's going to put the team on his shoulders and carry them to the promised land. But if you put a good team around him, he should do good. Hertz is a different kind of quarterback. He's not a, a great thrower. He, he's a good runner. He's a slow processor. He doesn't make reads quickly. But I believe his athleticism is going to give him the opportunity. Uh, at seven, I do have Eason, but I think Eason is kind of uh, he's a one-speed guy. You know, yeah. big arm, throw it. He's going to, you know, if you go far, he'll throw it out there to you. And if you go th short, he's going to throw it just as hard as if he was throwing far. And he's not not terribly accurate sometimes. Uh, so for um, me at five, I had uh, Jacob Eason, as I said. I moved uh, from up to six because I agree with what you said. He's definitely going to get an opportunity. There's a lot of people who are talking about him possibly going to the Patriots. I, I feel like that would be a good spot for him. I, I don't think uh, – I think Bill will build that offense around him. And you're right. He's a guy who he, – he's that Andy Dalton type. And that's yeah, not really you know, on him. I don't hate the Patriots for from, but is he that much better than Stidham? I don't know. That'll be the question. Where I would say yes is I think Stidham – I don't think Stidham is going to be as accurate as Fromm. Now, I don't remember off the top of my head. I know from I know for sure Fromm does not have a very live arm. I don't remember if Stidham does, to be honest with you. He's not a guy that I liked really coming out last year anyways. Yeah. Uh, but I do think Fromm could come in. We know that he's smart. That's what they talk about all the time with what he did at Georgia. Uh, so, I, to me, I think he could be. I think he's a guy that could easily come in and compete with him. And I know what they, they bring back Hoyer, I think, is their their third guy or their backup for Stidham at the moment. Yep. Uh, I think Fromm could go in there and easily learn that Bill Belichick offense and, and run it and do a really good job. Like I said, he's not a guy who's going to air it out, but 
there's nothing wrong with that. Bill Belichick does enough with the passing game, or with the running game. You got James White coming out of the backfield as well that can really help out from. So I do think that'd be a great landing spot for him if he goes there. At a seven, I have Jalen Hurts, and I'm with you. He's going to get opportunities. We're hearing from all these people who are in the business that there's no way he makes it out of the second round. So we know we're going to be talking about him at, at the latest, early Friday Friday night. I really want to see where he goes because Lamar Jackson is by far a much better prospect than Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. And we talked about it when Lamar came out that he's got to go to someone that is going to build around him and let him be him. And he got that with Baltimore. They clearly went all in on Lamar, and he's shown what he can do. We need to see that with Jalen Hurts, too. And I don't know that every franchise is going to be able to do that. So that's what worries me a little bit about Hurts. He, he's got the athleticism. We know he can run the ball. Uh, and he is a better passer than I think a lot of us thought he was going into the year last year at Oklahoma. Him and Lincoln Riley really kind of showed us he can throw the ball better than we thought when we watched him at Alabama. Still a little bit worried about him, though. I really am. Uh, I'll give you my – what am I at now? Eight. Eight, yep. Uh, is Anthony Gordon. Uh, I still like Anthony Gordon. Uh, I actually talked about this with Ricky Valero on the Debbie Delight. Uh, a couple, I think last week or two weeks ago, uh, he was talking about a spot he would really like to see him go as the Indianapolis Colts to kind of sit for a year back up Phillip Rivers and then maybe compete with Jacoby Brissett. I think that'd be a great spot for him because I think Frank Frank Wright being a quarterback's coach the way that he is and the head coach uh, could be a really good spot for him. So I like Anthony Gordon. He is my eight. I've got two more. So who is your eight? My number eight is Cole McDonald. Uh so we're kind of in that spot now, eight, nine, ten, where these are going to be late round guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody's going to take a chance. They're going to bring in some developmental players. Uh, I, I like sort of McDonald's got Moxie. He 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 chucks it up. He he doesn't do. You know, I don't think he has any traits that separate him. Um, but you know, he's a guy that's going to work hard and make some plays. And at nine, I have Gordon. Uh, I like Gordon. Uh, I don't think Gordon is Gardner Minshew. Gordon sat. He, he played a year of junior college. Uh, then he sat. Uh, he redshirted. Then he sat a year. Uh, got beat out by Minshew. Uh, and so as a senior, redshirt senior, uh, he won the job. He threw the ball 689 times last year. I do think that Minshew has showed the NFL you can take these Mike Leach guys, and if they've got some transferable skills, uh, you can put them in an NFL offense and make them work. So I'd like to see uh, Gordon get a shot. I definitely think he uh, has earned that. You know, he, he's put in the work. He's kind of like Burrow in the fact that he's a little bit older. So let's let's get him in there. Let him work. Let's see what he can do. You know, he could be this year's Brady. Yeah, he. I think these last three for me, all three of them, I don't know if I want to say they can be what, what Minshew was this year, but if they land in the right spot, I, I think my last two, which is going to be, you guys talked me into moving Cole McDonald up. I did not even have him in my top 12 when we did this, but I have moved him up. He's my 10, uh, and then my biggest dropper is is Nathan Stanley, Nate Stanley out of Iowa, who, who I had up, I believe, at five when we did our season uh 
did it earlier in the year. He's dropped down to 10 for me. I still like Stanley a lot. I think he's got a shot. I, I compared him to Big Ben. He doesn't have quite the mobility that Big Ben does, but he's got the body, the arm. I do think if he lands in a, in a good offense that will really kind of cater him, maybe a year or two to kind of learn a little bit more, uh, I've got him there. Uh, so that gives us, let's see, those are my 10. Um, I'm trying to look at where we are. So Cole McDonald is eight for the dynasty nerds, Anthony Gordon at nine and at 10, Steven Montez, who I do not have in mind. Uh, who is your last one to, to finish out the quarterbacks? You know, I have Montez at 10, but I don't, I, I don't really, I'm not bought in. I, I think he's a camp body type player. I think Stanley is a camp body type player. Uh, there could be, there, there's going to be s- some quarterbacks that we're going to have to add to our rankings after the draft. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's going to be some guys that we, we just, yeah, I think what there's what one cat, James Morgan, I think it is. There'll be some, some players that we're going to have to, to put into the rankings. Uh, you know, going, going back to love it for it. I've heard a lot of different comparisons, some comps for him. I, and Thor Nystrom came out with his 500 uh, top 500 with player comps uh-huh. and this it's he, he comped Jordan love to Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Which I think is probably the most accurate comp I've seen. You know, I don't, he he's not uh, Lamar Jackson. He doesn't play like that. He's yeah. not Jalen hurts. I, I, I think he's, I think, Kaepernick is a decent comp for Jordan Love, so he's just got to work and put it all together. Yeah, and I mean, hey, Jordan Love had a, a for the most part, a really good NFL career outside of his last year with San Francisco, um, where his play just dipped a little bit. I, I don't really care about the the off field stuff. That's you know, everybody has their opinion on that. I don't want to get into that today. Uh, so let's go uh, go ahead and talk about running backs. Um, like I said, I had a couple that I moved around here, but for the most part, my running back stayed the same. I'm pretty sold on my guys so who is your number one well i went first last time you go first this okay, time. i'll go first my number one is still deandre swift i'm not changing from it matter of fact i was watching uh some highlights for him yesterday as i was uh writing my Devi wide receiver article and i was doing some work on george pickens and i was watching video of a couple of george's games and just seeing that guy run again he is so good and i think he's going to really blow people away he has really seemed to kind of dropped in this process uh, for a lot of people, I think Swift is still by far the best running back in this class because he brings you the full package. He's still fast. He's much more. I would say he's the most elusive out of all of these top guys, at least in my tier one. So I'm sticking with Swift. He he is my number one. I don't know if he'll be the first off the board this weekend, but I imagine he's going to be – I think he's going to end up being the best rookie running back out of this regardless of where he, he goes. So who is your number one? I, I still have J.K. Dobbins at number one. Um, I can't argue with that. I mean, it's JK. I don't care if people call it homerism or not. Uh, he He's a, a well-rounded back. He's good with power between the tackles. He's shifty in space. You know, he's got a great jump step. He, uh, he can cut and go. He's up to speed in one or two steps. Uh, he catches the ball well. He does need to work on his pass blocking. Yeah. Um, uh, he he gets he gets to where he needs to be. He just still struggles, I think, sometimes getting set to be able to take on the defender in pass blocking, and so he he can get bowled over sometimes. But he he's strong and he's willing, and I, I feel like these top three or four backs 
are all gonna it could be a, a great year for fantasy football we may be looking back on this class in two or three years uh in awe so i, I have dobbins at my number one yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, there's like six guys, I think, that are in – I mean, seven, I guess, if you count Zach Moss. I'm not. But there's six guys on here that I think a lot of people are arguing are in that tier one, and, and I could see all of them being really good, even going to situations where there's another running back there. I, I really like a lot of these guys. It's going to be a it's gonna be a fun year to watch how the ADPs work out for, for these running backs in these drafts. Uh, for me – uh, Dynasty Nerds has Swift at one, and they have J.K. Dobbins at two, and that that is who my two is. I agree with everything you said. I love Dobbins. Uh, I do think that when you're looking at a player and the only knock you can give him is his pass blocking is just not that good. He's still a much better pass blocker. I think people give him credit for They kind of knock him for some of the games at the end of the season where he he did make some bad uh Bad blocks that almost caused Justin Fields to get kind of beheaded at times. But for the most part, if you've watched him throughout his career and, and for most of last season, he wasn't that bad of a pass blocker. I still have Dobbins at two. I, I mean, I am I love him. I do. I mean, not just because of, of my Buckeye. Maybe it is because of my Buckeye homerism. Who am I kidding? But still, I love him. I, I was never – I never – faltered off that train when everybody else jumped off after the year he had with uh, where he paired up with Mike Weber, never jumped off that train after what we saw from him that freshman season for the Buckeyes. So love me some Dobbins. He's my two. Who do you have sitting at two? Uh, I have Jonathan Taylor. Okay. You know, he, I, I'm a big back guy generally, you know, he's, he's the biggest in the class uh, in this elite level. And, you know, he's big and he's fast. Uh, his game is not as well-rounded. As some of the others, you know, he's not known for his pass catching, yeah. uh, his route running. He definitely needs to uh, shore those things up. But he, he's a he's a talented runner, and it, when he gets to the second level, that dude is gone, and he's gone fast. Yeah, yeah he's my number three. Uh, I, I, you know, Taylor is – he's the best pure runner of this class. That's, that's the best compliment I can give him. He runs – with a purpose, and he is the best peer runner out of everybody here. I love Taylor. Uh, again, my biggest knock on him, which is it really has come into the NFL game a lot more as of late, as, he, as you mentioned, he's not that good of a pass catcher. I know they focused on that last year, but he also had a lot of drops last year that I think a lot of people are kind of overlooking. He's like, well, he caught the ball 26 times. Well, yes, because Wisconsin came out and said that they would help him show that he can do that. They focused on that. Still had a lot of drops. It's not quite as natural at catching the ball as guys like Swift, Edwards, Hilaire, Keyshawn Vaughn, and J.K. Dobbins are. So Taylor's my three here, and I will go ahead and say it. And I'm sure you'll agree with me. You could take any of these three, I would argue any of the top four for the most part, and at number one, and nobody's going to – you have an argument for any of these top four guys. It's it clearly however you want to do it, and these are – this set of rankings right here is the one I'm most interested to see how much changes after the draft because I do think landing spots could affect some of these guys, and I'm really interested to see where they go. So that was my three – did you already give yeah. your three? I'm sorry. No, but my three was is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. Okay. You know, I, I like Swift. He's he's a talented runner. Uh he's the smallest of the group. Uh I think he's he's an inch taller than Elaire, but I think he's a little lighter than Elaire. But uh, you know, Smith is a good back. He's explosive, or Swift, excuse me, is a good back, very explosive. And I uh I, I'm looking forward to where he lands. Uh I don't know that landing spot is necessarily gonna bump him up mm -hmm. the, the totem pole here but 
I, I could definitely see, you know, these top three finishing in the top 15 of running backs this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would say, I know we, I talked about it on that. Uh, I think I did it with the episode where we had John on and we were talking about the running backs that the past, I believe it's the past four, maybe five years. We've had at least one rookie running back finish in the top 15 or 12. I, can't, I wish I could remember now uh, of rookie running backs. And I would not be surprised if we don't have one or possibly three finishing at least in the top 20 uh, this year, rookie running backs. Like I think this class is going to be really good. Uh, if I didn't mention Jonathan Taylor is dynasty nerds third right now. So we're, I mean, said. It's going to be the same three. This is where things split up for them, and I'm I'm curious if it's going to split up for us. Uh, at four, I have Acres. Uh, I've really kind of come around on him. He was a guy I was not big on early in the process. I think I had him at six. Uh, but seeing everything that he was able to accomplish at Florida State behind that horrible offensive line, uh, how fast and smooth he looks when he's running the ball, I do like Acres. I have moved him uh, into my top tier. I think I had – Hilaire above him the first time we did these, and I've moved Hilaire down a couple spots, actually. So Akers is sitting right there at four for me. I'm going to be honest. He's not someone I would take with the number one. I think there is a small step down from those top three to Akers, uh, but I do think he deserves to be mentioned in tier one with those guys. So he is my number four. Who do you have it for? You know, I, I had Akers for a long time. Uh, in part, you know, he's a bigger back. He was in a more challenging situation. Um, he hasn't been a running back for as long as the other guys. But, you know, and, and I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to bump Edwards Alaire up to number four. Okay. In part because he's ready-made with a well-rounded game. He's got the, he's got the Dobbins-style shiftiness. No, he, he's not a power back at, at five foot eight and 205. Um, but he could, I, I could see him put up 75, uh, receptions and 800 yards rushing this year, uh, without blinking an eye. He he's okay. great in the passing game and he's just shifty. He he's, he, he gets through holes. Uh, he makes room when there's not room. He, he, he gets through there. Uh, so it, by the slimmest of margins, I've got Allaire, Edwards Allaire over Acres. Well, he has moved up to Dynasty Nerds 4 as well. There's a lot of people. There's actually someone who has him ranked as uh, their second best back in this class. So he he's getting a lot of love from a lot of people. Uh, for me, he is sitting at 5. He, he has moved to 5 for me. Uh, I I, I like Hilaire. I don't have any doubt that he's going to be good. My my biggest fear with Hilaire is he is even worse than J.K. Dobbins is at pass blocking, and he's going to get someone. I think it was – I want to say it was Ray Garvin that posted it on Twitter. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was him. Posted a tweet about something like – it's going to be funny to see how long he lasts on the field when Tampa Bay drafts him in within like the second play of the season, he misses his blocking assignment and they tear Tom Brady's head off. Like he's right. really bad at pass blocking. And that worries me because he's also very much a traditional passing down back. Like, yes, he can run the ball, but I think he's more explosive catching the ball out of the backfield. And if you can't be out there on third down, which is your typical passing down because you cannot block, in the passing game, I don't know if that's going to hurt him. Hilaire and Vaughn, who I'll just say, I'll be honest, is my next guy. Those are the two that I'm most worried about. I really think landing spot is going to matter a lot for them because I think they thrive more. They are much better receiving backs than they are necessarily running or their games are not complete as some of those other top guys. So I do have Hilaire 
uh, at uh, five for me, but I'm, I am a little bit more worried about him. The other still in my tier one, Keyshawn Vaughn is in my tier one as well. That's where my tier one stops. Uh, so I like all those guys, but, but Hilaire, I have a little bit more questions about him uh, than some of the other guys. Who do you have at five? I, I have Cam Akers at five. I, I do believe that he's a good running back, but he does need experience. He needs to learn how to read the hole faster. Uh, getting him with a good offensive line so that holes actually exist, I think is going to be a great part of uh, his growth as a running back. Uh, he he is my top tier only has five backs. And okay. if I, and if I had to, and, and I would probably say it's really t- two sub tiers, it's Dobbins, Taylor and Swift, and then a little gap and then Edward Delaire yeah. and acres. Um, but you're going to have to sell me on Keyshawn Vaughn being in that first tier. I, I really think he's good. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I so I did the rookie profile on him, and obviously I, I would say the biggest not coming on him is just his age. He's coming in older than all these other guys, but he's shown at Vanderbilt, which did not have a very good offensive line, and honestly had a putrid offense and was able to rush the ball. He looked really good running the ball from everything I saw, could catch the ball out of the backfield. Again, his pass blocking was not great, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. We're saying that about a lot of these guys. There's very few guys that we can talk about are phenomenal pass blockers at the running back position. I do think that's something that you become better at at the NFL level because it's probably more coached at at the NFL level. But Vaughn it was the one person you had to stop on Vanderbilt, and nobody could do it. My one biggest fear, I guess, I shouldn't have said that because I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth now. My biggest fear with Vaughn is there were a couple games where he played the top-end competition and that he did struggle mightily. So maybe that is a little bit of a knock on him if you want to put that on him, that he struggled against a top-tier competition where we've seen other guys not necessarily do that. Uh, you know, like an ETN I talked about on a, on a Debbie podcast lately, he worries me a little bit because he always seemed to struggle against the best competition, but blows over the, the smaller schools. Vaughn did do that a little bit. He had one good game against Alabama, uh, but outside of that, against some of the better teams, he, he struggled. So I still have him there, though. I, I think he's going to be really good. He's very patient, great vision, and really soft hands out of the backfield. For me, he's that one where landing spot, if he lands in a bad spot, he's going to drop into my tier two. If he stays at that number, or if he stays at like a good spot, I was talking, uh, saying more like, I was trying to think of where he could go, but I can't think. I'll think of one in a minute here. But if he goes to a good offense or a team that I think could use him the right way, he's going to stay in my tier one. And I'm I'm fine with other people sleeping on him. I've seen a lot of people taking him in like the late or middle of the second round. I'll be fine to grab him there all day long, or maybe at the back end of the first round if you don't want to take a wide receiver. Uh, I think Vaughn is much better than Moss, McFarland. Uh, there's one guy I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people are sleeping on too, but uh, McFarland, Moss, uh, Benjamin, P. Ryan, Dillon, I think he's better than all those guys, and I see a lot of those guys getting drafted ahead of him in some of the rookie mocks that I've done. I love Keyshawn Vaughn. I think he's going to be the most underrated. I shouldn't say that. There's one more back I think is going to be more underrated, but he's going to be right there, I think, with uh, one guy that I'll mention here in a couple of minutes. I think are going to be the most underrated backs of this class. All right, so I, I'm okay with that. Like I said, he's he's at the top of my tier two, mm-hmm. getting a, in a good landing spot. Uh, we, we've seen running backs come in from the fourth, fifth, sixth round. You know, guys like... Uh, Jordan Howard and Chris Carson, uh, third rounders like Kareem Hunt. So high draft capital doesn't necessarily mean uh, you're a shoe in for a running back. 
that's yeah. why running backs fall down the real life draft now is because uh you know our running backs don't matter as it goes so i i like vaughn you know i i could see getting uh some shares you know maybe late first early second if i don't like the wide receivers there but that's a deep wide receiver class we have yeah so who do you have at seven uh let's see here i just made my list go away because i was trying to pull up Keyshawn Vaughn stats to make sure i got that correct um let's see here do we just do seven or did i do he was my five six okay yeah he who's your my, six he was my he's my six One. okay and Vaughn is Vaughn is yeah. six for me as well Okay, yeah. So then, uh, Dynasty Nerds has Zach Moss at six. So I have him a couple spots down. So we're on seven. My seven is Anthony McFarland. He's just someone I think has a ton of upside at this point. Uh, he obviously the injury. Uh, I've kind of been sold on this kid since I know we joked about it. I think with John Lobb on on our episode about how he torched the Buckeyes. So I, I've I've seen firsthand how good this kid can be. I think he's got a ton of upside. Him, he, my next group here, it's all landing spot dependent on how much their their value will change for me. I think he's got upside. If he lands in a good situation, I could see him being a serviceable fantasy back in the future. I don't think he's a guy that's going to start off this year uh, and do a lot for any team. Obviously, if he lands on Kansas City, maybe. But if I, I think he's going to land on a team with another back, as I do think he's not going to go to probably around three or four. So he is my seven. Who do you have at seven? Uh, at seven, I have Zach Moss. Um, this is we're in that range where now I'm kind of just looking for guys that are, I hope get an opportunity. Uh, I saw an interesting comp on Twitter today. Uh, I believe it might have been Josh Spreaker, speaker uh, that was talking with somebody, and uh, uh, they were the comp that was out there was Natron Means. Okay. For Zach Moss. So, you know, Means was a kind of bowling ball of a guy, powerful runner. And, and I think, you know, not super athletic. And I think that kind of fits Zach Moss's game. So it'll be interesting to see with, you know, the step up in competition if Moss continues to grow. Um, you know, I, I like Moss. I have him and Vaughn and uh, my number eight guy, LaMichael P. Ryan, all in that uh, next tier there. All right, so I will uh, give you mine here. So that was, let's see here. Anthony McFarlane was my seven. At eight, I had Zach Moss. I kind of agree with everything you said. I'm, I'm not sold. He's the one that uh, some people are arguing is right up there in that tier one. Some are arguing he's up there in the top three. I, I don't see it. I, he's going to be good, I think. Uh, but I just see him more as like a – Jordan Howard's not the right comparison I want to make here, but I, I just don't see him doing much more than that. I don't I don't see Zach Moss being a, an all-around back at the NFL level. That's just my opinion. Uh, and then at nine, I have Antonio Gibson. He he's a guy that I'm he was the guy that I think is going to be the most underrated. Now, some people have been talking about him. Some rookie mocks have him at a wide receiver position, I believe. Uh, he's a guy who can play all over. He's a, a Offensive weapon that I think if he goes to a, a very creative team, I think he could be a steal in these rookie drafts as a guy who could play running back, wide receiver. He's going to get, I don't know many more leagues that do any kind of return yard stuff, but he will definitely be a special teamer. I think Antonio Gibson is a guy that I'm really high on as well. Well, and it worked out so well for Tony Pollard. Well, that's because he's got an all time back in Zeke, former Buckeye. He's amazing. 
I, I actually Gibson, uh, I think he might have he was my uh highest mover coming up. Yeah, but I, I, I still have him down a little bit lower. So I had P. Ryan at eight. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's just an all around back. I don't think he's gonna be a superstar, but he's sort of that guy that's gonna grind grind out, you know, fifty to sixty yards a game and two or three catches and be good in the pass protection kind of thing. Uh, and then at nine, I have the aforementioned Anthony McFarland. McFarland is a guy to me that just he he's going to, I think a best case scenario for him is to come in and spend the first couple years in a early career Austin Eckler type of role and then have something happen to where he has to be the guy and then produces. I, I just don't think he's quite ready made for that big role. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent on that. And that's what, that's what I said. I, I'd love to see where he lands. I don't see him producing this year at all. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, so my last guy, I have 12. Do you want to go 12 or you want to stop at 10? Yeah, no, let's go 12. All right. So at my 10, I have uh Lamichael P Ryan, who you just talked about. Uh, I'm with you on that. There's a lot of people who are high on him though. We, we should mention there's a lot of guys, including, a guy like Ray uh, Ray Garvin, who is really high on Piron, thinks if he gets in a good landing spot, he could be a really good back. Uh, I, I don't know. I see him more as, as an RB2 or 3. Again, landing spot could change that some. Uh, but he's in my technically tier 3 of these running backs. Uh, I'll just give my last three really quick. Uh, I don't have much to say on these last two. Uh, it's Eno Benjamin and DJ Dallas. Eno Benjamin, though, I am really intrigued to see where he he goes we talked about it with John Lobb I know me and you have talked about it because we were both really big on him last year decided to go back to college just did not have a great year I don't think that that production just disappears and that talent we saw two years ago just goes away I would almost relate it to what we saw from J.K. Dobbins his freshman year Dobbins looked like one of the best backs in the world and then comes in has a split time with Mike Weber looks bad everybody jumps off ship and then look what he did this year obviously Eno Benjamin wasn't sharing time but did deal with a little bit of an ankle injury they kind of switched their offense with Jaden Daniels coming in there as that running style quarterback he wasn't getting I think the protection that he needed and the help that he needed that we saw a couple years ago so Eno Benjamin is a guy that I'm really interested to see where he goes he could be another guy that I think you could steal in your rookie drafts uh, and then as I mentioned uh, Dallas was my last guy at 12 so those are my final 12 there who are your last three so I have uh, Benjamin at ten, Dallas at at eleven. You know, I like Dallas. Uh, his his film showed him to be really strong, uh, solid runner, good in the passing game. You know, when we had him on the Film Nerd Show, the uh, uh, they asked him how many ha, had the teams been talking to him about his about pass protection and stuff, and he flat out said no. He goes, they can see the tape; they know I'm good at it. Nobody really. They're not asking me about it. Confidence. So, yep. And then uh, I have Josh Kelly at 12 out of UCLA. Okay. Six foot, 212, very productive in college. Um, I think he's he's probably one of those guys not going to be a superstar, but he could be a productive back for two or three years if he gets the shot. Uh, Gibson, for me, I have at 14. He I did have him at 22. My trouble with Gibson is I just – you know, he never played that major role. Yeah. He, you know, what is, is he, is he a good enough route runner to be a full-time pass catcher? Is he a good enough running back to be a full-time running back? You know, we don't know the answer to those questions. 
And that's going to have to be figured out. A lot of people uh, thought that uh, Tony Pollard was going to set the world on fire last year. He came in with uh, very much the same kind of profile as Antonio Gibson. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, he was behind Zeke, but, you know, he, he looked okay when he got the, got the job. He, but they're, impressive. They're, yeah, there's that, but you know, a lead role is not eminent for uh, Tony Pollard. Oh, yeah. Um, one guy, you know, I'm going to go off the board a little bit. So Matt Waldman was on film, film nerds last week. Yeah. And one guy I think you should keep an eye on that's not ranked uh, is this dude out of BYU named Tyson Williams. Okay. Six foot, 220. He was a graduate transfer. Uh, he actually played for three colleges. I think he started out at North Carolina for a year, then two years at South Carolina, and he graduated. And then he transferred to BYU, and he tore his ACL last September. Uh, I'm just now starting to dig into him. But, uh, you know, Matt Waldman uh, highly recommends him, says his tape is is, is really nice, just a, a guy that uh, is looking for a shot. So I'm going to keep my eye on Tyson Williams. All right. Interesting. All right, so let's move on to the wide receivers. This is going to be uh, the fun one. I have not changed my ranks for the most part. I, I've moved up one guy who I had low uh, in our first set around. I had him at 11. He is up at six now, almost flip-flop two guys, really. Uh, so since I went first on the running backs, I'll let you take it on the wide receivers. Who do you got at one? My one and only, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, uh, he's the best. He, the dude is just a beast. He, yep. He's, uh, you know, I, I expect he's going to, wherever he lands, uh, he's going to be one of the top two options as a rookie. And uh, I th- I definitely think he's going to, uh, uh, he's, he's going to come out of the gate pretty well, ready to go. Well, let me ask you, because it seems like everybody's kind of mocking him to New York or Oakland. Either one. If he goes to either one, you see, you think he has a chance to finish as, say, a top fifteen wide receiver? Uh, at, at those two locations, probably not New York, and that's mostly my belief in Adam Gase. Uh, I definitely like Darnold better than Carr, right? But I like Gruden way better than Gase. So if I had if I had to put money on it and have him be top fifteen, I would bet that. It would be Oakland. What's going on, Ricky? Or yeah, what's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, we saw. I, I'm gonna throw in some more Amari Cooper hate because I just love to do that on these podcasts. Uh, imagine what you could do, or what Gruden did with a bad Amari Cooper in his brick hands there in Oakland, and bring in a guy like C.D. Lamb, who is an all-out stud. If they really kind of make him. Uh, the focal point of their offense, I'm with you. I can, I think he could easily be a top 15 wide receiver if he goes to Oakland. That's going to be predicated on the Jets doing the smart thing for us C.D. Lamb lovers and taking Jerry Judy first, which I, I do think could happen. But I have C.D. Lamb at one for me, too. It's never been a question. He's always been my one. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to see so many people are kind of jumping on that train. I know he's been your one for a long time, too. I'm glad a lot of more people are jumping on that train. And not that Jerry Judy is a bad wide receiver. He's still very good. Again, I would say for me, there's five guys here that I would not. I mean, the separation is is minute, in my opinion, for, for these guys. So CeeDee Lamb is my one as well. Who do you have at twos? I think this is where we differ. 
Uh, I have Jerry Judy at two. You know, he's he's a very refined player, with good speed. Uh, a lot of guys that have been coming out of the Alabama program, they're just good technical wide receivers, and they have pretty high skill levels. Uh, Judy is one of those guys. I, I I think he's a a low floor, or excuse me, a high floor. Maybe not as high a ceiling as some of these other guys, um, but he still has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he, he's my three, and his it's his route running. His route running is just flat out nasty. He he is by far one of the best route runners I've ever watched. And again, he hasn't even come into the NFL level yet. Uh, it's going to be fun to see him watch. For me, it's still Jalen Rager. I'm not going to fall off him just because he had a bad combine. I think he's got a ton of elite traits. Uh, for a smaller wide receiver, his contested catches are just amazing, which you don't usually see out of guys like that. His speed, I know it didn't show at the combine, but he looks faster than when he showed at the combine on film. Uh, I think that for him to be able to put up the stats that he did with wide, res- wide receivers, with quarterbacks of my talent throwing him the ball, shows just how good he can be, especially if he gets in a good offense. He is one of like four guys on my wide receiver list and I'm really intrigued to see where they land because I, I do think that if he ends up, I would actually say if any of these guys end up with Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago, they're dropping down our ranks. So right. there, there are certain spots that wherever they land could help them out. Jalen Rager is a guy that I really cannot wait to see where he goes. He is my number two. And as I mentioned, Judy is my three. No, no knock on Judy. He's going to be a stud at the NFL level. I just like a little bit more of lamb and Rager's after the, catch game than I do Jerry Judy. So who do you have at three? I have uh, Jalen Rager at three. So what if Jalen Rager lands in Chicago with Nick Foles and not Mitch Trubisky? Uh, I mean, see, my, my problem with Nick Foles, I feel like he targets like one or two players on the offense. So it depends on if it's going to be Allen Robinson and Jalen Rager. If it's going to be Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller, Jalen Rager is still going to be screwed. I, I don't want to see any of my – you know who I want to see go to Chicago – uh, let's see here. Chase Claypool. That's why I right. want to go to Chicago. I don't want to see any of my other guys that I like go to Chicago. Yeah. KJ right, so, Hamler. Yeah, well, I <laughs> like KJ. He's not in my top ones, but he he's a guy that I, I somewhat like. So let's see. My number four is uh, T Higgins, which is just a small move. I, I mentioned this, I think, on our rookie wide receiver podcast. Uh, my four and five are just they. I've been flip flopping them every day. It's it's T Higgins and Justin Jefferson. I still like both of them. I know there's a lot of people who are really sold on Justin Jefferson. Uh, we talked about it with John Lobb. I believe he he kind of agreed with me in the fact that Jefferson spent a lot of time in the slot position, did not play a lot on the outside. He didn't he had a okay day or okay day, okay year the year before, really kind of exploded there with Burrow and that offense under um, my gosh, I just forgot his name. Who was the offensive coordinator for the Joe I Johnson? His last name. No, it's not Johnson. Uh, Joe Shoot, what was his name? I don't remember. Brady, Joe Brady. There we go, Joe Brady, yeah. Uh, That's where he really kind of exploded onto the scene. Uh, So I am a little bit worried, but I think he's going to be a phenomenal slot wide receiver. I don't know how good he's going to be on the outside, where I have no doubt about that with T. Higgins. So that's why T. Higgins has moved up to my four. Justin Jefferson has dropped down to five. Give us your four and five. Wait, do you already do four? No, my four and five are exactly the same. It's interesting, the – consensus rankings over at dynasty nerds they have lamb one judy two higgins jefferson and then rager is their five yeah that's 
Interesting. If Ray Garvin was with still Dynasty Nerds, I feel like he'd be much higher for just just based on the hype train alone with Jalen Rager. Right. Yeah. It's it's, it's going to be like I said. This it's going to be really interesting what happens with these wide receivers. That's why it's going to be Friday night. I think is going to be fun. I, I imagine at least three or four of these guys will go on Thursday, but I think a ton of these guys are going to go Friday night, and those landing spots are really kind of make this interesting. So at six for me is my biggest riser, and that's Denzel Mims. I had him at 11 when we first did the episode. I hadn't had it. I admitted I hadn't had a chance to dive into him as much as others had. Uh, he, he's really kind of moved up people's boards, had a phenomenal combine. Uh, you know, there's all, that saying that you you need to scout the player, not the helmet. And, and I am a little bit worried about the helmet that he wears, though, and that Baylor has really not produced a ton of really good wide receivers in the NFL. I know you love Corey Coleman and, and what he almost did with the New York Giants before he got hurt. Uh, but I would have to say the probably best Baylor wide receivers, Ben Josh Gordon. And I mean, he had obviously a couple good years. I He's a phenomenal talent. We can't take anything away from Josh Gordon. It was what he did off the field, unfortunately. That that did not allow him to be on the field. Uh, but Mims, I think, is going to be completely different. I'm really liking Mims. I'm interested to see. There's a lot of talk that he might go in the first round. If he does, I want to see where he goes. But at Mims has been my biggest riser. He moved from 11 up to 6. So who is your 6? Uh, I have Brian Edwards at 6. You know, He's got a 17-year breakout age. Big, big wide receiver. He's, he's just a... In my opinion, he's just a good receiver. Uh, what is he like six four and two fifteen or something like that? Uh, runs about a four five five. So he, you know, he's he's not going to blow you away by, you know, w- with Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy or Jalen Rager type of speed. But he can run the routes. He, yeah. He's he's a good. He's just a good wide receiver. And, and so having Edwards fall to me as the wide receiver six i my six and seven it, you know it's it's a it it's paper thin between them my seven right now is denzel mims okay. and honestly if i'm sitting there it would have to it, if i'm looking at mims and edwards honestly there's going to be some component of who i choose depending upon how many rookie drafts i've already had and how many times i've taken each guy <laughs> yeah, my for me, my six through ten, I think, are just kind of uh, it's paper thin. Like I, that's why I keep talking about. I can't wait to see where these guys go because I do think possibly landing spot could change this. But I'd be happy to get any of them. So at my seven is Brian Edwards. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think he's phenomenal. Wish we could have seen him run at the combine and show off even more how good he is. Obviously, the broken foot kind of held him back on that, but. Might be good thing for people like us because we've seen him dropping down boards, and I would be glad to take him at the back end of the first round, even as my top wide receiver off the board in a rookie draft if he's a guy that falls because I, I do love myself some Edwards as well. Who do you have at eight? At eight, I have got uh, the late bloomer, Michael Pittman Jr. Okay, all right, I like it. He's You've got him even higher than me, and I love myself some Michael Pittman. You know, when you watch the tape, he just pops off the tape. He yeah. literally jumps off the tape. He goes up, he fights for the ball. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I want to see, he, he's got sort of a, there's a little bit of Mike Evans to his game, I think. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes. Hopefully he lands somewhere where they can take advantage of, you know, that big outside receiver. Yeah, there's one spot that uh, I was listening to a Browns podcast where they were talking. They did a mock, and they took him, I think, in like the fourth or early fifth round, or they did a trade, and they got an extra pick and took him. 
I think Pittman's going to be an absolute stud. Can play. He did most of his time uh, on the outside, but can play in the slot. He's a really good possession receiver. As you mentioned, he's gotten well-known if you go look at his highlights or just watch game film on him about his contested catchability. He is extremely good. I cannot wait to see where he lands. I'm with you. I I don't know. We talked about this with John. I don't know if he has had a chance to be like a tier one wide receiver fantasy wise, but I think he easily has a ceiling of like low end wide receiver one, at least high end wide receiver two. Like he he's going to be a really good wide receiver the next level. No drops, I think, in his three years as a starter at, at USC. Like he's got sure hands. He's phenomenal. I'm with you. I wish I would have put him there at eight. Uh, I didn't. I have one more player above him because I just think he's extremely versatile and I'm really intrigued by him. And that's LaVisca Schindel. I know a lot of people have him down a little bit more because of the injury history, but from what I watched of that kid did on college, I did the rookie profile on him for dynasty nerds. Uh, he is just, he is going to be, I think a phenomenal, I would love to see him land in a place like Kansas city and, and they get rid of that bum, Sammy Watkins, uh, Sammy, if you're watching, I'm sorry, buddy. I, you know, you're a very good NFL player, but Putting the Chenault across the, the field from T and not T Higgins, uh, Tyree Kill and seeing what they can do with him, or maybe sending him out to Los Angeles and what Sean McVay can draw up for him. I think LaVisca Chenault has a chance to be an absolute stud at the NFL level, pending health. Pending health is going to be the big thing for Chenault. So I have him right above Pittman. Uh, like I said, there I'm going to be honest, all the way down to my 10, who's my guy. And if you don't know who my guy is, you don't clearly pay attention to the show. Those guys, it's all paper thin for me. Well, and you know, the thing, the, the, the trouble I have with Chenault is he's kind of like uh, Antonio Gibson in that, you know, are you going to manufacture touches by having him run the ball? He's not a great route runner. No, he's not. Uh, he's very raw as a wide receiver. Prospect. So it, you're going to start off and, and then you, you have to figure out, will he be able to develop and refine the game? It's so raw right now. And, and it's, you know, that's, he, he's down, he's actually at 11 for me. Uh, and I, and I don't feel great about it, but when I look at the guys I have behind him, I'm like, you know, he's got probably more upside than the guys I have behind him. So at nine, uh, I got the speedster Henry Ruggs. Okay. I still no. have them in my top 12. I, I'm not sorry about it either. I, you know, and, and part of it is, is I, I feel like there's going to be an opportunity it, for him. If he lands in the right spot with somebody that knows how to use what his skill set is, I, I do think he gets a little bit of a bad rap for not having a breakout age. Uh, and for do he, he did what the team asked him to do. True. So there's definitely more to his game, I think, than when you sit and watch film. Uh, I, I do think there's a little more depth to his game. So, you know, I, I don't like him up at number three where Dynasty Rich has him. But at number nine, I'm pretty comfortable with the tools he brings to the to the table. I'm just uh, I, I'm OK being wrong on him. That's that's the way I'll put it. I'm sure. I'm sure I will be. You know, I'm still waiting for Hakeem Butler to break out, and it's going to happen. Maybe after. Uh, oh, I don't know why I wanted to call him Donovan People Jones after DeAndre Hopkins leaves Arizona, or they trade him. Uh, I'm sure I will end up being wrong on Rugs. I just I, he's not someone. He's going to go too high for me, and then that's why I know I'm not going to end up with him anywhere. I would not be surprised if 
he ends up going to a place like Denver or something in the first round. It's like the second or third wide receiver drafted on Thursday. Or yeah, tomorrow. And people are going to go crazy for him. He's going to be one of the top wide receivers drafted, and I would easily take 10 or 11 guys on my board over him. And so I know I'm not going to end up with any rugs unless he falls into like the mid second, which I just don't see happening. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't have any issues with rugs. You're right. He is definitely more than just a speedster. There's no doubt about that. He's just, there's just not enough in his game that I like. He, he, it's not even just a breakout age. The way I put it is he had, Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle there with him as well this past year. And he was never able to really kind of secure his spot next to Jerry Judy. He was the guy last year, but then Devonta Smith came on and Devonta Smith supplanted him easily. And now there's a bunch of people who feel Devonta Smith is a much better prospect than him. And I still have Devonta Smith as like my sixth best wide receiver in next year's class. So for me, if you can't even hold your spot in an offense like Alabama, where you are just rolling people every single week outside of when you, the couple weeks a year you play the LSUs and Georgias, that that speaks volumes to me that, that you weren't able to really secure your spot against weaker competition on a loaded team. So that is where I get kind of worried about uh, about Henry Ruggs. So we are at nine, correct? Is that where we're at right now? Uh, Let's see here. I'm trying to see my yeah, nine. They're all messed up. All right. Yeah, nine. So is my guy, Isaiah Hodgins. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be in the next couple of years, probably an NFL MVP. He's going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. I love Hodgins. Uh, I'm just joking about the NFL. MVP thinks they only give it to quarterbacks. Otherwise they would give it to him. I, I love Hodgins. He's, I think he's extremely underrated. I know John talked about it on the episode with him. I, I specifically wanted to know his thoughts on him. And he feels like if he gets the fourth round draft capital that he could get in John's eyes, he's going to be a guy that's going to be really good, but he's not sure. And I understand that part. He is a guy who, has had two really good years at college, but played on a team that was not good at all in Oregon State. Uh, but again, I, I I say that, in my opinion, that helps him out some in the fact that he was a guy they knew they had to stop and they still couldn't do it. Has some of the most phenomenal catches you will see on tape. If you go and watch, and Oregon State games are not easy to find, but if you go and you find some games uh, where he has played, he makes some phenomenal catches that you would just look at him and, and you would think, you know, it's the Odell's of the world out there making those catches. He's a little bit bigger, not quite as fast as Odell. Uh, but I, I just I love me some Hodgins. I have him at nine. I'm hoping to get him in his every league and every league that I'm in probably won't happen. I know I got outbid on him in one of my one of the Debbie listener leagues, which just really kind of pissed me off. Just stupid assholes outbidding me on Isaiah Hodgins. But uh, I love Hodgins. He he's my guy. I've got him at nine. Did you give us your nine? I feel like I keep. Yeah, it was you. it was rugs. Okay, all right, cool. I felt like I was jumping you there for a minute. So so. My my concern with Hodgins. Yeah, go ahead. If he if he doesn't get the fourth round draft capital, he could be this year's Hakeem Butler. Oh, Dennis is gone. Dennis, Dennis, I don't know what happened. It's messed up, Dennis. It's messed up. Do you even realize I just pulled you off the stream? No. no. Oh yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, I can hear you. Yeah, I just oh. kicked you off. That's what oh. happened. You, it's all oh. at the same time. <laughs> As a joke. Uh, yeah. So uh, he. Uh, I could see it. I'm not going to deny that you you could be right on that. I, I, he's the guy that I'm really interested to watch where he goes. I, I do think, all kidding aside, he has that chance to be drafted in the fourth round. Uh, if he ends up going to a team that's loaded with wide receivers, you'll probably see me cry live on all of our platforms because I will be very sad. Uh, but I, I like Hodgins. I'm really hoping he goes to a good offense. Uh, so for me at 10, I have – where are we at? Tyler Johnson. 
he was a guy that was probably my biggest faller. I had him at six. He drops down to 10 for me. Um, again, I feel like everything that's happened to him off the field has really hurt him. If you go back and watch his college tape, you can see he's an elite wide receiver. He has just not handled anything after the college football season ended the right way. And I think that's really hurt his draft capital. Uh, I saw an article today saying that there's a chance he may not even get drafted till day three, which is insane to me with what we saw him do in college. So Tyler Johnson's a guy that I would gladly take in the third or fourth round of a rookie draft and, and just hope that he, I don't even think hope. I do think he'll pan out. Uh, it'll just depend on where he goes. Uh, Tyler Johnson, though, is a guy that I really like phenomenal college career. I think he's got a really good shot to be a good NFL wide receiver. So who's your 11? Well, my my 10 is my first riser of the group, and that's Brandon Brandon Ayuk. Okay. So he's up from 12, you know, six, just just barely under six foot with an 80-inch wingspan, good speed. He's he's again, he's another guy that can be helpful on special teams while he adjusts to the NFL. But uh I, you know, I like what he brings to the table. He he's definitely um got some upside uh, in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a guy who could have that draft capital. Everybody keeps talking about him going possibly first round, early second. So for a guy that's going to have that draft capital, possibly getting him this late and in a wide receiver rankings is going to be good. Uh, he is. So I already mentioned my 10. So give us your 11 since I well, skipped on accident. My my 11 is LaVisca Chenault. Oh yeah. We already so, talked about him. Yeah. Uh, so my 11 is Brandon Ayuk. So we already talked about him too. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I like Ayuk. I think, like I said, he's definitely going to have the draft capital. There's, It seems like NFL community is a lot higher on him than the fantasy community. I'll be interested to see where he goes and how much that might change our opinion of him. Uh, so let's finish it out with our number 12. Who do you have at 12? At 12, I have Devin Duvern, Duvernay out of Texas. Uh, he's right. up from 15 for me. Uh, he's a slot guy, um, but we've seen guys like, Hunter Renfro come into the league, Cole Beasley, and just be productive in the slot. Uh, I, I've seen du, Duvernay uh, comp to Julian Edelman. So, you know, he, he's got good speed, good slot guy. Uh, looking forward to uh, sneaking him on my rosters late. Yeah, I, I don't have him uh, in mind, but he is definitely a, a guy that a lot of people are high on. For me, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. I, I had to get him in my top 12 because I just think he's he's too talented to leave out of him. You know, we talked about the fact that he had Shea Patterson, who I guess technically qualified at quarterback just because he was back there, but he's not really a quarterback. Throwing him the ball, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a phenomenal athlete. I think he could be a really good uh, steal for NFL teams. I don't think he goes in the top three rounds, probably round four or five. He's going to go to an offense, and I think surprise a lot of people. So I got Donovan Peoples-Jones there at my number 12. Duvernay I have down at uh, at 15. What about K.J. Hill? I just got to ask because, you know, the buck I love and everything. Where do you have K.J. Hill at? He's sitting at 21 for me. I, I, I just don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant. I expect your Buckeye card to be mailed back here within the next couple of days. You, you, you know, I like him. He's a solid. He's a solid player, but I, I just don't think he, he's, he's. I don't think he'll be high enough on the totem pole to be fantasy relevant. Uh, I, I guess I can agree with you on that. All right, so let's finish it out with our tight ends. I've only got. Uh, what do I have here? I have ten ranked. So how many do you have? Uh, we can go ten. Okay. I, I really only have about eight, but I'll I mean, throw the last couple on there. there. 
as I talked about with Jared the other day, it's uh, tight ends confuse the living hell out of me. So I, I really don't know if I if me raking them is a, is a good thing. Uh, I'll kick it off first since you went first on wide receivers. Uh, my number one still Hunter Bryant out of Washington. I'm going to be honest, my tight end ranks have not changed much. Love Hunter Bryant. I think he's got a chance to be a, a stud. I do think he's going to get draft capital, which means he's likely going to go – Maybe end of the second, early third in rookie drafts, but uh, he's a guy that I really like. I think he's going to be probably one of – there's three tight ends in this class that I think all have realistic shots of being, when I say studs, low-end tight end ones, high-end tight end twos, which is not really hard to do for us fantasy-wise. But Hunter Bryant is mine at one. Who do you have at one? Uh, I I now have Hunter Bryant at one. Um, I did have him all the way down at six, but as I went and dug into his game – you know, some of this comes down to like, I I often will think, well, they got to be on the field to make plays. But yeah. They got to be involved in the passing game to make plays and score fantasy points. And as I as I looked more into Hunter Bryant, he's he's more he's you know Evan Ingram type. He's Darren Waller type. He he's going to be playing out of the slot, uh, the the receiving tight end. Uh, he, you know, he's a guy I could see playing for 10 years and never quote unquote being the starter because he doesn't block. Yeah. All right. At number two, I have his uh, brother from another mother, Harrison Bryant out of FAU. He is a, uh, in all honesty, kind of exactly what you said about Hunter Bryant. He is uh, He's an okay blocker, but not a great blocker. Really good on the offensive side of things. In fact, I was actually having an argument today uh, in one of our chats about that, because uh, they were talking about King Albert, uh, who John brought up with us on on the tight end show, uh, talking about how he's not that good of a blocker. And I mentioned that I don't. That's not a priority at the college game, though. There's not a lot of tight ends that you see that focus that much on that. I think that becomes a priority when they get to the NFL. My biggest fear is, and, and of course, my top two guys are offensive tight ends here, are, are guys that focus solely offensively in college don't always pan out at the NFL level. There's two that I can think of off the top of my head, and that's Mark Andrews and Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram, outside of his rookie year, you can say it's injuries. I don't know. He's not as been as good. Mark Andrews is the only one that stayed consistent. So these two being my top two guys does worry me a little bit. I don't think this tight end class is nearly as deep as a lot of us thought it was going to be when we started seeing these guys come out. Uh, but Harrison Bryant comes in at two. Who do you have it to? I, I have Cole Komet, who's down from number one. Uh, I think Komet's a good receiver. Um, and he will be on the field. Uh, you know, he he's the guy that's going to be out there. So he's more of your traditional tight end, going to block, going to catch passes. Uh, I don't think, honestly, I, I don't know that any of the tight ends this season are going to really be fantasy relevant. But I, I like Komet to have to carve out a nice, solid, long term role with the team. I like it. He is, uh, he's my number four at number three. I have Adam Troutman out of Dayton. He is by far, in my opinion, probably the most complete need to see how he does against the top tier talent though. He obviously uh, showed out really well at senior day, uh, but coming from Dayton and not playing any real competition until he got to senior day, I- I'm not going to read too much into his week long, uh, go against the top tier talent here in the college level. Uh, but I do believe in his game. He's a guy that I think could be really good, but I do agree with what you just said. There's none of these guys I see, there's going to be one. We've seemed to have one tight end the past couple of years come out and have like a really good rookie season. I'm going to wait to see landing spots before I try and predict that one. But Adam Troutman's a guy I would think could do that. Uh, I, I like him a lot. He sits as my number three. Who do you have? Uh, at three? 
I have a three for all the same reasons that, that you just mentioned. So I'm okay. going to go right on to my number four, which is Albert Okwegbunam. Yeah, uh, King Albert. Let's just go King Albert. It's easier that he's, way. He's, uh, yeah, I just had to get say the name once and get it close to right. I'm glad you did it because I won't. Um, you know, he's a big guy, athletic. He's 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 a guy though that's gonna need to land somewhere where they have some patience. Yeah, I'm I'm not necessarily sure he's gonna be able to get on the field as as quickly as uh, fantasy owners would like. He's I think he might be the most athletic of the the tight ends, but uh, you know there's definitely some opportunities for him to develop his game. Yeah, he is my number six at a four for me. I have Cole Komet, who you mentioned earlier. I'm with you on everything there. He was, he he's the guy that a lot of people are talking about as the number one tight end. So I'm interested to see where he goes. The, the tight ends, I think, are going to be all over the board. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a guy. You know, I've seen a lot of people talking about the hype that he's getting is kind of like Kyle Rudolph when Kyle Rudolph came out of Notre Dame and, and nobody thought he was going to really do much. Some people liked him. Some people didn't end up having a really good NFL career. I can see the same thing happen with Cole Komet. Uh, so I have him at my five, my uh, wait, right? Five. Are we talking five? No, four. That yeah. was my four. Okay. Uh, yeah. Four. four, four, four was Cole Komet. Five is Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. I like Hopkins a lot as well. He's a guy that I also think is is almost a complete package. He's much better offensively than a blocker, but he did show that he could be a very good and willing blocker. Uh, so I like Hopkins uh, a little bit there. For six is my is Albert O. That's where I kind of got confused there. So who is your five and six? Well, I have uh, Harrison Bryant at five and Bryson Hopkins at six. Okay, you know it, it's just a, a mishmash of who's going to get opportunity right now. So you know they could come out. I, I feel like uh, Bryson Hopkins, you know, struggles a little bit catching the ball. He's a body catcher, and and that doesn't uh, translate really well to the NFL. Not at all. You know, Bryant, he's pretty athletic. Uh, we'll have to see how his game develops. Teams are playing a lot more to twelve personnel, which gets two tight ends on the field, and and that often frees one up to to run pass routes while. The other one, uh, you know, blocks. It isn't as much of the jumbo package anymore when you bring in two tight ends. Yeah. All right. So we are going to do, you said you want to do eight, right? So that leaves us two. I'm just going to give my last two. Uh, my eight is kind of a guy that I don't think is going to be drafted uh, in a lot of rookie drafts, but he's a guy that I'm still high on. Uh, seven is Thaddeus Moss. I'm really not sure that he's going to be able to do anything for us fantasy-wise. He definitely seems to be more of a blocker uh, than really an offensive guy. I'll be interested to see where he goes. Uh, and then eight for me is still Jacob Breeland out of Oregon. He's a guy that I think a lot of people are forgetting about because he tore his ACL late in the year for Oregon, but he was – Probably Justin Herbert's best receiving option at Oregon. He's a really good tight end that I think a lot of people will sleep on. Uh, I would actually say you can probably not even worry about drafting him in your rookie drafts and picking him up off the waiver wire, especially if he ends up going to a good team in the NFL draft. But I still love me some Breland. He's a he's a guy that I will snag uh, in a couple leagues and see if he ends up producing in a couple years, especially if he goes to a good team. Who are your last two tight ends? Uh, I have Colby Parkinson, you know, another in that long line of Stanford tight ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's a mishmash here at the end. Still. I, I have Thaddeus Moss at eight and uh, I don't feel good about it. I'm probably going to end up moving him down, moving up guys like 
uh, like Jacob Breland, uh, you know, maybe Jared Pinckney even. Uh, the trouble with Pinckney was he was just so slow. Yeah, so. I had him at two earlier, and I've had yeah. to drop him. He, he's at nine for me. It's my my last two are Colby Parkinson at a ten and uh, Pinkney at nine. So, and I'm I'm still sold on them, uh, or not sold on. They're two guys that I still like. Like I said, landing spot's going to be interesting to see where they go. Uh, I, I would like to see where they go. So that does it for us right there. So that completes our new updated rookie rankings before the NFL draft, which will happen tomorrow. Again, you guys can catch us and Matthew Fox with possibly some guests dropping in and out throughout the coverage tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, We can't wait to go through that. If you guys fans of the show just want to listen, you guys can jump on with us as well. Just reach out to one of us. We are more than willing to have fans on with us. Well, we had Jonathan Weber on just the other day, who was one of the first listeners who's reached out to both of us. He's been really good friend of the podcast, in my opinion. Uh, we had him on. We don't care if you're just a listener and you want to jump on and talk about your favorite team. DM one of us. We'll have you on for a little bit. Talk about your favorite team's pick. Uh, but we are looking forward to breaking that down for you guys tomorrow. Uh, I think we talked about we're going to go live, what, 15, 20 minutes before the draft and talk yep. about different stuff? Yep, thereabouts. Okay, yeah, so you guys catch us a little bit before the draft. Dennis and Matt are going to give us our breakdowns of who they think are going to go throughout the first round, and then we'll talk about the picks and everything. It should be a lot of fun, especially if you want to see a grown man cry on on (laughs) live streaming. Stop by when the Browns are on the clock, and and let's see if they mess that up. So, Dennis, thanks for jumping on. I had fun today. I'm really looking forward to the next couple days. It's going to be like Christmas for us, especially with everything going on in the world, to have some some live sports to talk about. So I'm excited about it. Looking forward to tomorrow. Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there. Who can make a play?